0: Texas and Alabama, the game of the week in college football, is finally here, and it's quite amazing to think that these two programs haven't met since we saw them in the national championship game more than a dozen years ago. Of course, you guys remember that, Colt McCoy getting injured early in that game for Texas and Alabama pulling away to win a national championship, and the both programs have been on kind of opposite trajectories since then. Texas... On again, off again, but hasn't been able to win a Big 12 championship and obviously has not been back to the BCS National Championship or the college football playoff. Alabama has since won seven SEC titles and five national titles under Nick Saban. Now they meet once again in Austin, Texas. Texas with an opportunity to show that they're back. Early in the Steve Sarkeesian era, and of course against Nick Saban. To talk more about this last decade and what to expect going into Saturday, we turn to Travis Ryer with Bama Online and Chip Brown with Horns Twenty Four Seven, guys. So take me back to that night in the BCS National Championship Game and where both programs were at that moment, and where you guys thought they might be going in the in the years after that. Let's start with you, Chip.
1: Well. Mac Brown is convinced that he had the game plan to win that game. Texas got off to a good start in that game. Uh, probably should have been up more than six to nothing. They had intercepted a, a fake punt, and then Colt McCoy gets uh, hit by Marcel Darius. He does not return to the game, and uh, Alabama, you know, took advantage of Garrett Gilbert, the freshman quarterback who had not seen a lot of reps that season built a 24 to 6 lead texas actually got back into that game only down uh three points with a little more than three minutes left but a strip sack and then another touchdown allowed bama to pull away in that one afterward i'll never forget dennis dodd of cbs sports said to mac brown well mac we'll never know and Mac looked at him with this fierce glare and said, It wouldn't have been close. <laughs> and he lost his mind after that. Not, I mean, figuratively, but he was so upset that Texas didn't have a running game to fall back on that he kind of scrapped the offense that he had and tried to run a pro-style offense in in 2010. They had a 5-7 and season, and the program sort of been lost at sea since. Yeah, I think for the Alabama perspective, it's interesting
2: because there's always that question of if Colt hadn't gotten hurt from that game in January of 2010. And then most recently, you look at Alabama's situation in the college football playoff with no John Mechie and no Jamison Williams. So it kind of shoe on the other foot for Alabama. So I think a lot of Alabama fans have had to be careful with how they talked about that Georgia game in January because they remember the situation with Texas uh, a dozen or so years earlier. But yeah, the injury obviously was key in that game. Uh, It was also important that alabama's run game was able to take care of business because you think about julio jones at wide receiver for that alabama team and it was a very minimalistic passing attack for greg mcelroy in alabama that night but you had mark ingram trent richardson both go for 100 yards and what about that finish i mean eric anders now a ufc fighter comes up with the big play there late on gilbert to to help seal that game with the
0: uh with the sack. It's crazy to think, you know, it it seems so long ago, but it's so fresh in the mind. I was looking just over the stats and the box score to refresh my mind on this. And both teams finishing with under 300 yards of offense, which nowadays, that sounds like a game that would involve iowa and an iowa clone uh everybody's putting up 500 yards of offense nowadays these two programs in different spots obviously going in but still of course the two biggest brands out there and when they meet saturday what is at at stake so to speak in your minds, going into
1: this, well, for Texas, it's a chance to reshape how the program is viewed. It's been, you know, it's been known for losing games that were unthinkable. You know, there's been that clunker loss uh, seemingly in every season since uh, that 2009 season. And even though they they went to the to the Sugar Bowl and beat Georgia in 2018, when Sam Ellinger said we're back, and then they weren't. It's been a struggle and, and from school leadership, I mean, they've had three presidents, four athletic directors, four coaches, numerous coordinators. The The program has just been a revolving door of change and Alabama has been the picture of consistency under Saban. Now, Travis and I were talking about this earlier. I mean, Sabin's coordinators get picked off seemingly every year, but Sabin has done such a good job of bringing in air appearance in, in terms of former coaches who come in as analysts and are ready and able to take over uh, when a coordinator gets hired. So it's it's been phenomenal. And no one has adapted better to the changing landscape of college football than Nick Saban. And I think Steve Sarkeesian, who of course worked for Nick Saban, was a part of that 2020 national championship run, appreciates that about Saban. And and I think Sarkeesian is more Saban than Pete Carroll, the other coach he brings up as a mentor. Carroll was open and freewheeling. You know, Sarkeesian now is all about not letting any coordinators talk and uh keeping things really buttoned up. And I think, you know, this is a chance for Sarkeesian and the Texas program, especially with the recruiting momentum that they have to really. Continue to build on that, and uh, these are the kind of games. Was, I mean, Sarkeesian does not have a signature win at Texas yet. This definitely would fit that.
2: Yeah, I think for Saban, you talk about the mentor angle. It's time for the mentor to get back to flexing on the disciples, right? We'll lose two games last year after that long run of wins against former assistants under Nick Saban, and Jimbo got him last year, and then Kirby gets him in the national championship game. Now he he got Kirby pretty good in Atlanta, but uh, we had grown a. Couple to that almost being a given. Also, this isn't a time of year that you see Alabama lose games, right? First couple of weeks of the season under Nick Saban, that just has not happened. So I think for folks that are maybe looking for chinks in the armor, if you don't win this game, that's maybe a little bit of an indication. Who knows what it really means? But it's something else that we hadn't seen in a while or or if at all, in Nick in Nick Saban teams at Alabama happen this early in the season, week one, week two, September in general, those have typically been, you know, undefeated type situations for Alabama.
0: Chip, what would your reaction have been after that national championship game in January two thousand ten if I came to you and said Texas isn't going to win a Big 12 title between now and 2022.
1: Yeah, it seems hard to believe because that was a golden decade for Texas in all sports. I mean, they won, you know, two college world series in baseball, went to final fours in men's and women's basketball, won the national championship in football in 05 and played for it again in 09 I think Texas fans had gotten spoiled kind of like Alabama fans uh, have been spoiled by Nick Saban and and so to think that it would just completely fall off the ledge and and become what it has which is I mean Texas is more closely resembled Auburn in their penchant for changing out coaches uh than you know the the long tenures that uh Texas football had had come to appreciate about Daryl Royal and and even Mac Brown. Sixteen years for Mac Brown. So it's stunning. It is stunning. And every time uh, people ask what's happened to to Texas football. All of what I just said has happened. The the change in leadership, the lack of alignment uh, from president, athletic director to coach. Uh, because after DeLoss Odds was the athletic director for thirty two years, they bring in Steve Patterson, who was basically brought in to fire Mac Brown, and then he didn't, uh, and it costs a bunch of big money boosters at Texas a chance to try to go after Nick Saban, and and then you know Charlie Strong, Tom Herman, and now Steve Sarkeesian. So I think Texas fans feel like with Chris Del Conte as the athletic director, everything's moving in the right direction except football. They've won two directors cups in a row and football is the non-contributor <laughs> in that, which is, you know, amazing. And that is something that all Texas fans are ready uh, beyond belief to see change. Much more with Chip Brown and Travis Ryer after this.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Okay, so when we look at this game Saturday, I think everybody from the outside looking in just goes, well, Alabama's got every advantage. But this game's in Austin, and rarely do we see big-time programs going on the road into a big-time environment early in the season. A lot of neutral site games. Alabama's been in a lot of neutral site games, so that makes us a little bit different. What advantages does, one, Alabama have going on the road, Travis? And then, two, for Chip, for you, what personnel advantages does Texas have that maybe we are really focusing on or talking about
2: yeah from the alabama perspective you got to go back to penn state 2011 really to find another time where they were in this type of spot a true road pit uh, early in the season so uh, it's been a while now i will say this where alabama has some advantages in that scenario is returning starter not only at quarterback returning starter at center and also a second-year offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien who has worked with these guys. So they went to Texas A&M last year. They went to Gainesville last year. They went to Auburn last year. Blew out Mississippi State on the road. Now, those other three games were four-quarter and beyond games, and we know they lost at Texas A&M. Florida, they got out to the 21-3 to lead in the first quarter and then had to hang on for dear life. Um, Auburn, four overtimes. So I think this team... If it truly is a step above what we saw last year, if they get out to that kind of start, it shouldn't be an issue of hanging on this time around. But there is a history there from a year ago where they they had to play all they they could and then some to get the job done. And even then it wasn't enough in College
1: Station. Yeah, it's hard to believe that Texas needs Quinn Ewers to have a, a Zach Calzada game <laughs> uh, Saturday because I'm not sure that... Uh, Calzada is in in a two deep right now, but they do need Quinn Ewers to to play best game of his uh, college career, and he's a wild card. He's an unknown. Texas has had some guys kind of come out of nowhere. James Brown, Major Applewhite, who you know played uh, really well when no one was expecting it in big time games and and pulled some upsets. But you know this one, you have Steve Sarkeesian, who's got. Familiarity with the Alabama way and with Pete Golding, I think. I think Sarkeesian wanted to hire Pete Golding, uh, quite honestly. But and you've got a you've got a few Alabama players who've transferred to Texas. You know, Jaleel Billingsley, Jai Hall, uh, Keelan Robinson, who you know might, according to Texas players, they have some intel about tendencies and this kind of thing. That stuff's going to last about five minutes. Once the the ball is snapped and it's the heat of battle. It's going to come down to can you be the more physical football team? And Alabama is so used to being the more physical football team. That was probably one of my complaints about year one for Steve Sarkeesian. I didn't think Texas was as physical as they were under Tom Herman. Tom Herman, say what you want, you know, the the Urban Meyer fear factor, those players played hard, really hard, really physical. And I thought they needed to be more physical especially on defense last year. So there's a lot of things that Texas has to prove to itself uh, before they can probably prove it to Alabama or anyone else. Uh, that's a lot to ask to come together in a three-and-a-half-hour period on Saturday afternoon.
2: Yeah, we talked about this earlier in the week, Chip and I. You typically think of the road team having to survive the early storm, right? It, it, it might be the other way around this week. This is a Texas program that we know is still in the midst of a culture change. We know it's a fan base that is understandably fragile, I would think, in, in some situations like this. So imperative for, for Texas to, to at least get through the first 15 minutes in good shape, good enough shape, to keep this thing on track for potentially a four-quarter football game.
1: I think if you look at the, the matchups, there's a sense that maybe Alabama doesn't have the kind of receivers that they've had. Uh, certainly, I mean, when you look at Ruggs and Judy and Devontae and and my gosh, uh, Waddle, the list goes on. You know, Texas's defense has, again, a lot to prove. Their secondary was not a strength last year. So maybe Texas can hold up a little bit better against Alabama, but you've got Bijan Robinson, who's one of the best players in college football, but you've got two true freshman offensive linemen trying to block Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell. I mean, Sark's going to have to call the the game of his life for Texas to you know be able to match the kind of firepower that uh, that Alabama has. So these are the records that the programs
0: has since they met in the BCS National Championship in January 2010. Alabama 164 and 17, seven SEC titles, five national cha- or five national championships. Texas 96 and 68. Okay, I, I we always talk about giving game predictions and everything. Where is Alabama in 10 years? Where is Texas in ten years, and do they have similar success stories, or is one kind of in the position Alabama's in today, and one's in the position Texas is in today? What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I'll say in ten years, Brandon Alabama is just kicking off year one under Lane Kiffin after Nick Saban retires at an even eighty. Okay. Um, no, I mean it's it's impossible to kind of think about and it's something i know alabama fans do not want to think about but you know I, I think the thing for alabama is it's easy to fall into the trap of that it's always been like this and it hasn't i've covered this program through some really really low points so they struck gold there's no doubt about it with the higher Nick Saban. and to think that they can replicate that when he leaves that might be a little bit naive i'd say so you know, I, I don't see Nick being around in 10 years. I know some Alabama fans won't want to hear that, but I, I honestly can't pinpoint one individual right now and say, oh, yeah, that's Dabo doesn't make any sense. Dabo didn't make sense a couple of years ago. So even when you try to connect some of the obvious dots, uh, you come up a little bit empty from the Alabama perspective. I mean, look, Alabama has won 10 games under just about every coach they've had Mike Shula, Mike Dubos, Mike Price didn't get an opportunity, obviously, Dennis Franchoni. I mean, all these guys have had 10 win seasons at Alabama where it gets different and where the meat grinder comes in is doing it year in and year out and that's where Saban is totally, totally on a different level than everybody else.
1: Yeah, Texas has to find, and maybe it's Steve Sarkeesian, you know, Sarkeesian's best year as a head coach was a nine-win season at USC. That, you know, 10 wins wasn't enough for Texas fans with Mac Brown because he had built it to where they were getting spoiled. And we've seen it at Nebraska. We've seen it at programs that were perennial showing up in in the uh, BCS national championship picture and then fall off. If Steve Sarkisian can maintain the momentum that he has in terms of recruiting, he's got you know Gary Patterson as an analyst and kind of you know build the enterprise the way Nick Saban has, then he's got a chance. But good heavens, you know, for Texas fans, they're watching Baylor, uh, which came off. The funeral pyre uh, with our Briles win a you know big with Matt Rule, then win a Big 12 championship with Dave Aranda and. They're going, what on earth is happening here? So they've got to build and stack and continue to get player evaluations right, especially at the quarterback position, because uh, Texas fans can tell you that since Colt McCoy, it's been just a desert.
2: Um, and that's but, everything. And that's I mean, everything. It, the, the quarterback position. And if you're Alabama and you're thinking, this is it with Bryce Young, you know, you got Jalen Milroe, you got Ty Simpson in the in the pipeline and maybe one or both of those guys will prove to be elite but you kind of knew it was coming with tua Jalen was very good mac was a little bit of a surprise but he got the end of 2019 to really get himself into that situation after tua was hurt uh then you go right into bryce young how long can you realistically stay on a quarterback heater even at alabama or texas
1: yeah it's phenomenal it's phenomenal what Alabama's done and Texas has a guy who's trying to emulate the Saban and blueprint. maybe
2: Texas is about to go on that run with the with yours and, and
1: Arch coming in there. Yeah, okay, that guys. that certainly helps cuz Vince Young transformed the <laughs> Texas football program. He transformed the leadership of that university. Got him to relax and and let him you know, play his brand of football, and and it paid off in the in the biggest way. All right, I'm not going to let you guys off the hook, but we, how do you see this game transpiring Saturday? Well, I think I think Texas, you know, is a 20 point underdog for a reason because they they lost at home to Kansas last year, so they've got to you know get a new mindset in this program. And we'll see. We'll see if if Steve Sarkisian and all of his team building his culture Wednesdays this offseason has paid off like that. But there's just not enough uh, war daddies, if you will, especially on defense. Yet, I think Alabama probably covers in this one, unless Quinn Ewers and Bijan Robinson have a, a game that people will never forget.
2: Yeah, I think the game comes down to the obvious things like turnover margin. If you're going to beat Alabama, Quinn Ewers first and foremost has to take care of the football. I know you got him in there and you feel like he can Know, help in the way of explosive plays with those weapons that Texas has. But lines of scrimmage are boring, but they still go a long way in determining football games. And that's where Alabama, on paper at least, has a pretty decided advantage in this game. Roster from top to bottom, Alabama, I think, still a little bit advanced in comparison to Texas. We talked about this earlier in the week, too, Chip. This is a game that I think in a year from now, when Texas goes to Tuscaloosa and you consider the scenarios at some key positions. And just from a general depth perspective, that Texas team is going to be far more equipped, I think, to, to do the unthinkable this year. So, yeah, I think Alabama probably wins the games. I, I wouldn't mess with 20 points, though. So. I mean, that's a lot of points. And I, as I said earlier, you know, the start to the football game. If Texas can keep this thing manageable going into the second quarter, it has a shot to, to have a shot in the in the second half
1: yeah and texas played lsu a couple years ago when lsu won the national championship and played them to the end i Mm -hmm. mean they had to convert third and 17 uh joe burrow to to jefferson for one of the biggest plays you'll you'll ever see you know texas doesn't have that experience at quarterback and a leader like sam ellinger but you know they've They came out of that game with a loss, but I think they came out of it with, you know, the fans walked out of the stadium saying, okay, we just played them to the, you know, to the end. And, and if, Texas can keep this game close and it's it's got relevance in the fourth quarter. Look, that's a building block. I, no one wants to talk about moral victories, but you know the way that Alabama's been you know taking up residence in the college football playoff, Texas is is trying to get there and if they can keep this one close and battle, uh, their players are going to come out with with confidence. They're going to leave the game with confidence, and that's what Steve Sarkeesian needs right now.
2: Yeah, this game for Texas could be like the Ole Miss game was in 2020 against Alabama and Oxford. Remember that game? 63-48, something like that. Even though
0: it was a loss for Lane, you saw that program take steps forward from that point on. So fascinating. Alabama, Texas, Nick Saban, Steve Sarkeesian, so many stars on both sides. We shall see what happens Saturday afternoon in Austin, Texas. For Chip Brown and Travis Ryer, I'm Brendan Marcello. And also for our producer Lance Glenn, this has been the College Football Daily. We'll talk to you again on Friday.